Hello, I'm Joshua Graceberg. And I'm Jacob Friedman. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful, definitely non-Twitter commentary and a side helping of comedy. What a week. We got five stories. Uh, the What I like to call the, the Trump coup. The bipartisan stimulus bill that is still being shopped around on Capitol Hill. More Biden picks for his administration. The Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is finally released after FDA approval. And two Facebook lawsuits. Joshua, let's get started. What about the Trump coup? Well, Jacob, uh, uh, Texas has filed lawsuits for Trump uh, contesting election results in swing states such as Michigan and Wisconsin. When this was uh, when this case was actually offered to the Supreme Court later on, unanimously they all rejected it, and that included all of Trump's nominees, including his most recent one, Amy Coney Barrett. And what else? I mean, what can I say about that? Right? It goes to show that especially this lawsuit and really this whole legal battle that has ensued, it's not going to go anywhere. If all of the Supreme Court justices, regardless of their positions, regardless of whether the president who nominated them is the one contesting these results, they all recognize that they had no legal potential. There was nothing that could be done with these ridiculous lawsuits. And so all of them just said no. So I'm happy. Well, what about you? What do you think, Jacob? Would you agree that this is a that, that this lawsuit and the 126 House Republicans and the and the, and what the 20 or so state Republican state attorneys general that the joined the Texas lawsuit as a Trump coup? Mm, still very edgy wording for me because coups are usually associated with far far more dramatic takeovers of power, including uh, which usually include violence. I'm not sure oh, like, what word I would use. Proud Boys did their DC thing, did their little DC march where, where there was there was there was video footage of them of them of them beating up random people. And by the way, a coup does not have to be particularly violent. It doesn't they, have to be. It well, doesn't have to results, be. I agree. But it usually refers they, to a violent takeover yeah, of power. This is a they are literally trying to overturn a legal election. Bro, Rush Limbaugh called for a secession. There is nothing salvageable here. Whatever conservative values I've been desecrated by literal lawlessness. They want to try law and, law and order Antifa. Just why trying to question the basic tenets of democracy, the, the election that they said, oh, the presidential election, no dice. That There have been fake ballots. But the congressional elections and the state elections that we won, oh, those are completely different. Those aren't affected even though they're on the same ballots that we said are fraudulent. Raw political no, calculus, my it's friend. All, and I have a good political calculus. It's all that. hypocritical, right? You know, obviously defending your own victory states like Texas and Florida while, you know, contesting other states where ballots were counted the same exact way. And, you know, I agree, Jacob. Listen, the Republicans supporting Trump in this battle for the in this battle over the election results, they are not upkeeping their own party's values. According to real conservative values, if you lose an election, you accept the results and you let American democracy move forward to the, with a new president-elect. They're obviously not letting. They're, they're obviously. Not. That's just an American value. Not an American. This is. This isn't even. This, this is not a conservative. This isn't. This isn't liberal. This is. 
This isn't no, even it's, political. It's to protect American democracy. This is this is an American experiment that 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 they have chose to participate in at the highest levels of government, and they've decided, nope, okay, nope, screw this, let's do our own thing. I mean, Alan West, the head of the Republican Party in Texas, just called for a, a bond quote unquote of states to follow the rules. What the hell is he talking about? We already are in a union. That's what the United States is. A union of states that decided that the Constitution is the, is the founding legal document, what we perceive as the basis for one of the best forms of government in the world. How its, flaw, how its flaws are. This is what we chose, and we can change it. We can change it, but not through stuff like this, where, is, where they're not even using, they're barely even using the institutions to change. They're just, they're, they're taking a disinformation sledgehammer to the Constitution, to the values and the principles of the country. If you want insight into Trump's personality, right here, right now, perfect example. 2000, Al Gore lost the election over a court case that was, that was focused on 0.009% of the vote, I believe, in Florida. And he lost, he still gave a concession speech, he let George Bush take, take power. Here's Trump losing by a very large margin, 306 to 232, just like what happened with Clinton in 2016. And he is still being bitter. He's still being a baby. He's still, you know, fighting over it. It's ridiculous. One big grift, folks. 200 million raised. What, a couple million to the actual legal fight. Story number two. The continued efforts of Congress to get another stimulus bill. Uh, there was one, there was a good bipartisan one being shot around. I think Joe Manchin, the, the moderate Democrat from West Virginia is uh, one of the figureheads. I think it's, I think it's like $900, $900 billion to, I think, more about state aid and, um, bail and uh, helping local governments. I don't, think, I don't think there was any checks in it, but I've heard it's good for what it, for what it is. It's just get it out there. Literally every single, po- every single politician, every single state government, every single pundit, every, everyone – even the White House is saying to Congress, get it done. Get something out there for, for people who are struggling right now. And the, the benefits are about to expire. I mean, if something isn't done, the states are going to go into going to default. Jobs are going to collapse again. I'm blaming, I'm blaming on McConnell. He, he's trying to kick the can down the road. I have to have to take over the political fire for anything of a future bill. I think Congress will always be Congress, right? They're always going to be in, you know, partisan uh, gridlock, right? But this is especially important. I mean, you have to ask yourself, right? How can you politicize this entire thing? Businesses continue to struggle. People are losing. People continue to be in poor economic situations with this pandemic. But I actually disagree with your point, Jacob. While McConnell definitely deserves to take some of the blame for, you know, this political gridlock, Nancy Pelosi is not doing anything to meet him halfway. Pelosi is just as adamant as McConnell is. So really, I think this is more of an issue of partisanship rather than, you know, the GOP trying to hold everything off. No, no, I'm not saying it's higher GOP. I'm saying that's McConnell in particular. The bipartisanship is actually a good thing. As much as, as, much as I'm angry at the GOP right now and a lot, of, a, lot of Senate Demo- a lot of Senate Democrats, it's a good thing that our Senate we have is coming together for this. McConnell, will, I don't think McConnell is playing up for a vote, if I remember correctly, but He's not even putting this out, this out there for an actual vote. He's not putting this out there at all. 
Pelosi at least is try at least is trying to get stuff done. It's all politics. It's all raw political calculus. I say it again and again. Mitch McConnell is just plainly terrible. I I get I get that the Democrats are spineless and yeah they kind of are, but Mc McConnell is the legitimate evil here. I mean I don't like McConnell either, but here's the deal: he's probably the best politician on Capitol Hill. I mean, in terms of, you know, the political manipulation, in terms of how he manipulates the political process to work in his favor, you know, especially with the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. Although what he did was morally wrong by going back on his promise and pushing Amy Coney Barrett through really, really fast. I mean, there was nothing illegal about it. So, Except it broke Senate norms, which is, uh, which is a mainstay for McConnell. It broke Senate norms. But continue. Technically, you know, what he did was legal, despite us agreeing that, you know, none of us like what Mitch McConnell is doing. The Democrats need to step up their game. I agree. They're spineless. No, I agree. They no. need to stand up to Mitch McConnell. Listen, and Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they're just sitting there and they're letting all this play out. I mean, as much as I don't like what they're doing, they, they are doing something. They are trying to push out bills. They were trying to negotiate. I think the I think Mark Meadows or someone from the White House actually stopped a lot of the talks. I believe the blame is a bit more on the on the Republicans and Democrats, but I do I do agree Democrats are are largely ineffectual, and that's why I would I would be in favor of the of the bipartisan bill. Next story: Biden has had a new slew of uh, picks for his cabinet administration. Jacob, uh, what do you have to say about that? Uh, the Centers for Disease Control nominee, uh, Rochelle Walensky. I actually know her personally. She goes to my temple. Uh, She's out, she was on the medical staff at my at my camp uh, a few summers ago. I had no idea she was like the infectious disease chief at Mass General. I'm biased, obviously, but I, um, I mean I've seen her on CNN. Very, I'm very happy about this pick. And Javier Becerra for uh, Health and Human Services. It's interesting. I mean, I get why he did it because he was he was like the big guy behind the Saving the Affordable Care Act. All I can hope for is that Newsom, uh, in the governor of California, does actually one thing good in his term and actually. Picks Ted Wu for California Attorney General to replace Becerra, and then uh, Katie Porter for the Senate seat. General Lloyd Austin, he's I believe he's become the first black man to to be uh, nominated for Secretary of Defense. Now he's definitely very well suited for the job, and I'm I'm honestly not complaining. Well, as much as it's good, we have definitely good diversity and good um good progress. He needs a waiver because the law says. Who, people who just retire from the military have to wait seven years in order to go back to uh, high government jobs, pending a wait- full waiver for that is voted on by the entire Congress. And Tammy Duckworth said she's not going to vote to give the waiver to him. She's, um, she's on the Armed Services and Veterans of Veterans Affairs Committees in the Senate, I think. And I can see the I, I can see that. I mean, even though Mattis uh, Trump was able to get the waiver from Mattis. I can see why people are, people want to upkeep the norm, and this is the norm of generals not having a role in pol- in politics. We have a civilian control of the military for a reason, and I can I can I can definitely see why. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be torn up if um if they don't give him the waiver because of that because of that fact. It'd be a shame though. He seems to be well qualified for the position. True, true. Then uh, Marsha Fudge, representative from Ohio. She's gonna. She's nominated for uh, housing urban development. It's interesting because a lot of her supporters want her for agriculture, but she did accept the job for HUD. So it, it's clear she. She probably won't be spending thousands of dollars uh, on furniture like uh, the last 
Department of Housing and Urban Development did and Ben Carson. So um, I'm optimistic. Yeah. And uh, Vilsack, Tom Vilsack, he's already been agriculture uh, secretary. He could do it. He's probably going to do it in his sleep. I get, I, I, again, I get why a lot of people are angry that a black candidate or another candidate of color wasn't chosen for the job. I, I can see why, given the diver- neurodiversity of um, America's farm. And then um, Dennis McDonough, former White House Chief of Staff, become Veterans Affairs Secretary. Not really sure how to feel about it. Good luck to him. You know, Jacob, I think all of these picks, it all echoes a central theme of what the Biden administration hopes to be. Centrist, in a way kind of boring by, you know, by we shouldn't really be expecting too many, you know, scandals to come out of this administration. But also interesting in terms of diversity, right? You see people of color in positions that, you know, people of color have never held before. And that's fantastic, right? But this also means that Biden is able to keep his position strong. You know, a lot of people on the right had a, had the concern that the progressive wing of the party would really be pushing him to the left. But at least when it comes to his uh, cabinet picks, it seems that that hasn't really happened because they all seem to be establishment centrist Democrats. And also a calm political administration would be good for America's economy as the pandemic is starting to come to an end in the country. Oh, really? It's coming to an end? The less chaos there is. Really? It's coming to an end? Well, it's not, we're on the... Th- well, it's not coming... Th- relative 3, relative 3, to where we were. 3,000 deaths a day? Literally a 9, literally okay. a, 9 okay. a day? Really? I'm referring to vaccine development. Okay. No. Okay, no. fine. I'm referring to vaccine development. No. The, the pandemic is coming to an end only by means of the vaccine. We are losing thousands of Americans a day. But the calmer a political situation is, the better it is for America's economy to recover. So I'm optimistic. The FDA has officially approved the Pfizer slash biotech vaccine. Jacob, what do you have to say about that? Well, this was a this was a more more or less private investment here in the United States. It was backed by the German government with their BioNTech company in Germany. And it's good. It's good. It is. It is. Seems to be a good vaccine. Seems to have good effective rate. If Fauci says to take it, you know, FDA says to take it, I'll take it. Bush, Obama, Clinton, they were talking about taking it live, like Elvis Presley did for polio. And right now, I'm just hoping that the polls are wrong. That over 70 percent of Americans will take the damn thing, because Fauci said if if enough people don't take the vaccine, they don't come back for the second dose, don't come in at all at all. It's a it's it's a dud. It's a dud. It's a dud vaccine, regardless, because not enough people are protected. So I'm hoping the distribution and the uh, PSAs and messaging are, are going to be well well oiled. Well, distribution machine. will be a complete nightmare, and I think you know, I think both of us know that because the truth is, under the Trump administration, they've never formally created a plan for the distribution. Sure, we have a rough idea of who will get it first. You know healthcare workers, you know, essential workers, those who are sick, those who are elderly, you know, we have a general order. But distributing it to millions of Americans all over this country will be another task that will be especially difficult. And while as a student who hopefully be heading to college next year, you know, I really hope that I could be in person, right? And according to what they're saying now, the public will likely get access in spring of 2021. However, because we don't have an official distribution plan, that you know, this prediction of spring of 2021 might be completely incorrect. So I'm really nervous because really our difficulties have only just now started in a way. And so finally, the Facebook lawsuits. 
the FT, FTC and 48 state attorneys general launched separate lawsuits against Facebook. Both of them basically said that in, the acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp are monopolistic in nature, and they epitomized Facebook's unhealthy social media dominance in data and our market power. And I've been, call, I've been calling for this for over a year now. I wrote a David privacy bill in, my, in a mock Congress calling for something like this to happen, the breakup of Facebook, because if you look at the data, Facebook has, has a stronghold on the market, it does, and they do need to be broken up. If there's no room for competition, there's no innovation. It is frankly disgusting that Facebook, that has more data on private citizens than most governments, uh, can have a market monopoly as well. I, I may have said this before, but in the 1870s, we had the Gilded Age where monopolies dominated the country with little to no federal regulation. Of course, now in 2020, we have large tech companies like Facebook who dominate the social media landscape, alter public opinion, and basically sell our privacy and our data rights for money. And in a way, many people say this, Facebook isn't free, we're the product. So Facebook selling off WhatsApp and Instagram isn't a bad idea, in my opinion, controlling all those apps completely monopolize them, right? I mean, WhatsApp, you've got messaging, Instagram, you've got sharing photos. It's a whole social media landscape. Also, another positive thing coming out of this is at least this has complete bipartisan support. 48 states supporting this. Doesn't matter if you're Mississippi or California, you're still, you still want to get at Facebook. So, you know, very few things are bipartisan these days in a very divided America, and I'm glad this is one of them. Google, you're next. You better start playing nice regarding YouTube, Chrome, and Search because we're con- they're coming for you next. And by the way, uh, Jacob and I would heavily recommend you to use a new search engine. It's called DuckDuckGo. It does not track you like Google does. We will put the link in the description of this episode. I guess the point of this episode is local races are kind of important. I mean, they're the ne- they're the people who are going to become the next uh, sen- governors and senators. And um, it doesn't matter where you are politically. If there are no good local officials, there are no there are no good future future national officials. So if we don't want stuff like the Texas lawsuit or or another stimulus bill being run off the road, get out there. Get involved in local politics. Look up who your mayor is. Figure out who your governor is. I mean, they, they could be running for Senate 2022. I just want to point out that um, someone who I know, uh, Madeline Rinaldi, uh, she's running for uh, Noon City Council at large uh, ward for Ward 1. I encourage you to visit her website, RinaldiForNewton.com. R-E-N-A-L-L-I for Newton.com. And I hope you get out there and support her if you're in Newton Ward 1. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zers Talk Politics. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And send us any and all questions regarding the news or politics, because your questions make the show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.